Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ignorant Conversations podcast, a conversation between two friends about the different types of books we read every week. You can go after the job you want and get it. You can take the job you have and improve it. You can take any situation you're in and make it work for you. Does this sound like clickbait from 1936? I don't know. Here is my good friend Mobin, and he's going to tell us whether it is clickbait or not. So, what's up, Mobin? Hey, that was how are you doing, man? Thanks for that infomercial of uh, introduction, but I'll take it because we don't want to do any retakes. So let's go yeah. on with this. Yeah. So last week you covered, you know, ancient Greek philosophy for us. In yeah. what a drag! <laughs> I I quite liked it. You know, it was oh, quite nice. Thank you. And I was I hadn't been introduced to Diogenes's, uh, you know, his life story prior to that, and it was quite exciting for me. This week, though, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to focus on sort of the philosophy of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called "How to Win Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie. And mm-hmm. uh, usually, I'm suspicious of books, sort of like self-help books, because uh, I don't think they're, you know, quite helpful, honestly. Uh, but yeah. Dale Carnegie's book was published back in I think 1936, and it's about 80 years old about more than 80 years ago. From what I've read and from what I could gather from it, there's a few fundamental things that it mentions that are actually relevant. And the way he's written the book, it's not sort of like your, you know, YouTuber guru these days. So it's not just fluff and, you know, trying to get you to spend money and selling you something that's not that great. I mean, what he talks about are some sort of essentials for life, you know, just how to but basically, what the way he talks about it is, you know, how must you uh, sort of conduct yourself mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that people like you? That's really what it is. So it's there's not a lot of crazy things. It's just some essentials on how to make people like you and sort of like how, uh, what the human behavior is or, you know, why is it that these things will ensure that people like you? So that's really what he talks about. Sounds like a, a BuzzFeed's Bible. <laughs> No, I, I I think it's better than that. I mean, You're telling me the Bible better? Well, I haven't read it. I just oh, figured okay. if I if I chuckle enough, we can move past <laughs> something that I'm ignorant about. <laughs> it's called ignorant conversations, man. What do you expect? <laughs> That's fair. All right. So uh, the book has a lot of principles. That's what he calls them that one must abide by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's far too many. And I suggest that what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about sort of the fundamentals uh, some quotes that I found interesting and some interesting examples that he shares. Okay. And uh, hopefully, you know, that, that should give an idea to people listening on whether this is a book that they would be interested or not. The book basically focuses on four main things. You know, that, that's how it's structured. The first is, you know, what are the fundamental techniques of handling people? Uh, for a book that wants you to be nice to people, handling people is not really <laughs> the best way to say it. But regardless, this is what he deceptive i think maybe uh you know you have to understand this book was published 80 years ago so it's possible that the way we read something is not exactly how i was intended. Oh, yeah. they were yeah. like more deceptive back then I-, I think handling here might have an handling people has a negative connotation now in that sense but back then that wasn't the case that's really oh, yeah. yeah this is like pre-world war ii man yeah exactly <laughs> uh the next is uh six ways to make people like you Uh, how to win people to your way of thinking. And lastly, it focuses on how to be a leader. 
you know, how to change a person's opinion without giving offense or without arousing a resentment in them. So these are basically the four way, uh, things he focuses on. And to be honest, a lot of the principles will overlap because what he really tells you is be a nice person. I mean, that's fundamentally what it is. And it turns out that if you're, you know, shocker, if you're nice to people, they're likely to be nice to you as well. Whoa. Uh, but, you know, this guy, man, this guy had the insights that we still haven't uh, gotten, let's say. Uh, so basically, you know, that's basically the whole book. And uh, all what this book is just filled with examples. So whenever he talks about a principle, he brings real life examples. And he'll talk about a famous, like, this is a man who's read a lot of biographies, let's say of George Washington, you know, Abraham Lincoln, you name it, you name someone famous in that era, or like prior to that era, and he's read those biographies, because he's trying to understand, you know, people who were famous for diplomacy, let's say, right. Abraham Lincoln. you know, why is it that they turned out that way? Uh, and that's sort of how he worked to figure out people who were successful, and people who were lovable, well, how did they achieve this? And so he gives examples of that. And also he used to be, he used to give lectures on this and people would come who would use his uh, methodology and incorporate it into their lives. And then they would say, oh, I did so-and-so. And now like I'm being really successful and thank you for this. So he uses those examples. So in that sense, the book is, I think you could say it's 10% principles and it's 90% examples of how those principles are applied. Hmm. That's basically how he runs it, yeah. Uh, So basically, if you think about, like, when he talks about the fundamental techniques of handling people, which is his, you know, main thing, it's sort of simple stuff. Like, I'll tell you, you know, he says, you know, don't criticize or condemn people. When when they do something, give them honest and sincere appreciation. And uh, these are the two most important principles that he mentions. That that, that doesn't make sense, though. why, Why do you say that? I mean, don't condemn people or don't criticize people and give give them compliments whenever they do something nice. That doesn't sound sincere. Or, I mean, how can you be nice and honest if you can't criticize when something needs to be criticized? That's fair. And uh, I think this is something that he tackles as well, that he says, like, you don't want just, you know, unwarranted appreciation because it just becomes unnecessary flattery and everyone can see through that. The way he talks about it, to sometimes it's, it's a lot, right? Like the appreciation he talks about and how little one should criticize. It mm-hmm. maybe it goes to the extremes. You're right. For example, he talks about this battle. So this is, I think, during the Civil War. And Abraham Lincoln tells uh, General Maid is the one that is pushing back General Lee. And General Lee is sort of, uh, he is, his troops are exhausted and he's stuck between a river. And this mm-hmm. is the time to really push through and defeat General Lee's army. And when that happens, General Maid actually holds up, you know, lets his troops rest. And by that time, the sort of storm has gone over and General Lee manages to cross the river and survive, right? Okay. And had he been defeated at that point, things would have turned out a lot better, a lot sooner. And okay. Abraham Lincoln is very, very pissed off at this because you know, this is something they're trying to win for a while. A lot of troops have lost their life. And this guy, had he been just a little more courageous, he could have made that push and got it done. So when he writes that letter to General Maid, you know, if you read that letter, the entire time there's almost no criticism. He talks about how he appreciates his 
you know, his intellect, his ability, which is why he was given this post and how he was expected to fight General Lee and it was an opportune time. But it's basically he doesn't deride the man. And here's how little Abraham Lincoln was willing to criticize later on in life, that this letter was actually never sent. They found this letter later on when in his home somewhere like locked up. He never actually sent the letter. Yeah, because it's a horrible letter. <laughs> he messed up. He messed up big time. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't understand that. You know, these are the things that I don't know if people back then were just like, these things affected them. You know, like how you know about like back in the day, let's say, when samurais were a big thing in in Japan, uh, they'd commit they'd commit suicide out of embarrassment. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, or they brought dishonor to their family or whatever. Exactly, right? So it was just such a big thing that it was expected, you know, because that's how people were back then. And now it's just, it's nothing of that sort, right? People don't hold each other to such high traditions or so much accountability. Or like we hold each other to, we account, people are held accountable for different things now, let's say. And that's, maybe that's what it was, you know, when he writes that letter about 150, 200 years ago, I forgot when the Civil War was. When he talks about that, I guess this was just the way of talking. So it may seem crazy to us. Uh, it still does. I completely agree with you. But this is just how the man was. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it is like important to contextualize uh, yeah, yeah. a piece of historical writing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's something that, that's actually why I was really interested in talking about this book with you. Because sometimes when he talks about these things, I don't see it. You know, I don't get it. Like, how do you not, if you don't criticize the person, let's say, mm-hmm. how do they know that this was incorrect and how do they sort of fix that? For example, in the, have you seen The Last Dance? No. The Michael Jordan, uh, sorry, the Chicago Bulls documentary? No, I'm not really into basketball that much. Oh, okay. But anyways, <clears throat> so Michael Jordan, right? So uh, Michael Jordan used to criticize his teammates a lot. Okay. Right. But he they won six championships together. Yeah. <laughs> and part of that was how hard he was on them. If Michael Jordan was like, all right, Scotty Pippen, you know, all right, uh, you know, the rest of you guys, you know, no need no need to work hard as me, no need to show up and give a hundred percent. Yeah, love that jump shot, excellent dunk. You know, I, I don't yeah. think they would be they would have had that place in history that they have now. I, it reminds me of maybe people who are not into uh, basketball, but into movies. Do you remember that movie, Whiplash? Yeah. With the drummer and everything? Yeah, I absolutely remember it. Yeah, I remember the, the teacher was very uh, hard on this guy. And then one time they were having the, that conversation in a jazz bar or, or something like that. Yeah. And he talked about, like, there's no two words worse than a good job. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, I recall now. Yeah, I guess that's just you know, like it's true. The I guess we're these are just things that are fundamentally opposed. And uh, well, the side he takes is the way I see it. You know, even now, uh, a lot of people will say the correct way is to you know you have to criticize, you have to push. Some will say, okay, that's not the correct way, and some will propose a balance between the two. Uh, what Dale does is his whole thing is he focuses on being nice. And from what he's read, 
and from his experience with the world, this is something that just works. So that's how he pushes it. And he has a, there's some interesting quotes in this. For example, he says, as much as we thirst for approval, we mm-hmm. dread condemnation. That's understandable. Yeah, that's understandable. So that, I mean, remember when we talked about Hooked and how what these technology companies do is they look at a base human emotion and they try to use technology to remove as many steps as possible to tap right. into that emotion. So it's the same here. Uh, like what he's talking about is like there's some fundamental human needs. You know, for example, we want approval. We seek approval. We don't want to be condemned. So if you flow along the nature of humans, you're bound to be able to get them to do what you want and appreciate your presence, let's say. Well, um, I mean, you said that he has read many different biographies like about Abraham Lincoln. Or, um, I mean, this could be applicable for maybe politics or business. But would you would you give this uh, advice to people, let's say, who have uh, social anxiety? I'm not sure, right? I mean, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, I, if, I think... somebody's, if somebody's reading this book because he or she wants to kind of get along with people better or, you know, make more friends or something like that, I, I in my opinion, of course, I'm no Dale Carnegie, but um, yeah. I, I wouldn't <laughs> tell them, like, just please them or agree with them or don't criticize them because then you're just kind of like doing whatever they're doing. I would just say kind of try to be yourself as much as possible. And if that leads to criticism, then so be it. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, that's whenever we read a book, you know, I try to watch some reviews or read Goodreads comments on it. And that was Mm -hmm. something that people had mentioned, you know, uh, you're just appeasing to others. Is that really a way to win friendship? And Dale tackles some of this, and his point is, look, fundamentally be a nice person. If you have the opportunity to appreciate somebody, do it, because people want approval. So okay. if, if you have a friend and they do a good project, or if they're seeking your advice, help them in that, and that's something that will be rewarded. And don't unnecessarily criticize, you know. Okay, yeah. that, Like, there, it's a balanced approach, so that's the way he goes about it. And he says that, you know, humans are not really creatures of logic. They're basically creatures of emotion. They're creatures, you know, bristling with prejudices and motivated by pride and vanity. That's the way he takes humans to be. And he's saying that that's the approach of good relationships, understanding that humans seek approval and that they're creatures of emotion. And he says, if you approach humans in that manner, it would be a lot easier for you to navigate life. Yeah, and it and reminds he, me of a, some kind of modern-day crappy version of modern-day Machiavelli's The Prince. You know that book? I haven't read it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's basically like, basically he was from Florence, Italy, and he got exiled, and he really Ooh. loves Florence, and he, he wants it to be ruled well, and so he wrote this book to the Prince of Florence. Which, that's why yeah. it's called The Prince. So in the book, he talks about how an ideal prince should be like, in other words, how you deal with your enemies, your friends, how you rule people, how you rule army. And he gives right. examples, like historical examples. Like, for example, the Ottoman Empire did this, and they did this correctly, or they did this incorrectly, etc., etc. Yeah. This sounds something like a, like a weird modern version of that for, like, car salesmen or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it, it's funny you say that because, um, <laughs> believe it or not, 
Uh-huh. Somebody who's uses in the book, he gives examples of people who've used his tactics, right? One of them <laughs> is a car salesman. <laughs> and uh, he says it works because what used to happen is that, for example, he talks about, you know, once a person says no, mm-hmm. they're unlikely to turn to be yes because it's an ego thing. And he says, what, what Dale says is that if you, if you try to just argue with somebody and be, prove that you won an argument, Mm-hmm. Nobody really wins in that thing, right? So he's talking about this. There's this truck salesman. And when someone would be like, yeah, your trucks are terrible, he'd say, no, this is why they're brilliant. No, you're, oh, what are you using? Nah, that's terrible. And he'd argue with them, but he'd never go home with any sales. Right. Because sure, he proved that he has better mileage or whatever. But when you've hurt someone's pride, even if you've shown them the truth, they're unlikely to make that switch. And I think that that's something we see between left and right wing activists as well. Uh, people are, yeah, like they just draw their lines in sand and in the sand. And even if you prove them incorrect, it's just a matter of it's you know it's their pride and ego, and they refuse to back down even if they see the truth. Uh, so he says, and there's something we can take from this. He says, like there's better ways to manage it. Your focus shouldn't be to win the argument. And the next time this guy goes to sell his truck. And someone says, your trucks are terrible. And he says, yeah, well, they do have some issues. These are the issues. Uh, but they're still not that bad. Like if you work in a way that you agree with the person and work your way from that, it's sort of different because you're agreeing with the person. So the person's no longer full defenses up mode. And it's a lot easier to convince them of something as opposed to say, no, nah, you're fundamentally wrong. Your trucks are terrible. My truck is the best. That's right. not really the way to go. Yeah, I, I understand this uh, from a business perspective, how it yeah. makes sense. But as far as building or maintaining a, a relationship or a friendship is concerned, I wouldn't, I don't know if that's good advice. I don't know, man. Like, I think that, for example, if you talk about some of the flashpoints of the world, you know, if you talk about, like, let's say, Israelis and Palestinians arguing, mm-hmm. it's a very, very complicated topic. And, you know, I can't even pretend to be knowledgeable about it. And there's a lot of factors there. But what I'm trying to say is that when I'm talking about if you have a flashpoint like that, or let's say Mm -hmm. a right-wing, left-wing politics in the US, and if your approach is, you know, let's say you're a Trump supporter, everything that you say is wrong. And then you're like, wait, why won't this Trump supporter understand reason to what I'm saying? Well, you just, you started off by calling him, what was Hillary called them? Basket of deplorables. Like once you say that, that's it's what unlikely. Called? Yeah, that's that's what she called. That. Uh, that's not that's not very catchy. Did you say that again? Basket of deplorables. Who's gonna remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it something like more catchy, more uh, fascist-like? Wasn't it like Crooked Hillary or something like that? Yeah, um, yeah, Crooked Hillary is. That's what she said. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's what Trump does. You know, he picks something simple like alliteration, crooked. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's no alliteration there, my bad. But like, uh, Crooked Hillary, can we think of something? Ah, never mind, we're di- we digress. But the yeah. point is that uh, once she labels them as that, they're unlikely to listen, even if she has the best policies. Like if someone comes up to me and he says, vote for me, by the mm-hmm. way, I mean, you're a terrible human being and you're stupid and you'll never amount to anything, but I have good policies. I'm like, okay, you can take your policies, just get out of my house. Right, I'm right. not interested, right? 
Yeah. And that's basically what he's talking about. So it, it, that's the sort of thing he talks about, you know, when he says, when he says we dread condemnation and we seek approval uh, or when he talks about, yeah, you, you know, just things in this sense, that's what he really is talking about. Like if you want to win an arg, like winning an argument, if your end goal is, yeah, like he's saying like, if you just try to win arguments, you're not going to really achieve anything. And there's other ways to move forward. And that's right. basically what it is. Yeah. I understand. I, I, again, it's from a. All of these examples are kind of political and and business like, which I understand. Those are my but, interests. <laughs> no, no, uh, they are my interests as well, and it seems like it is also his or was his interests, and right. on what he's talking about in the biographies he's read. But my issue is, it the title is called "How to Win Friends," and influence yeah. people. It seems mm-hmm. like it's more influencing people than winning friends. Or not right. really friendship. I... It's winning people, but not friendship. Okay, fair. Then maybe that's, you know, like there's so many principles in it that I just picked a few interesting ones and I focused on that. But I think what I did is I missed the friendship ones. So what I'll do is let, let, me, let me tell you a little things that he talks about friendship. Uh, there's something that he mentioned was quite interesting for me. And he said that, you know, uh, as human beings, we have certain desires, you know, you mm-hmm. want to be healthy, you want to have nutrition, you want to be able to sleep, you want shelter. But there's another craving that we have, and it's a desire to be important. And that's okay. not always fulfilled, right? right. So he talks about when, when you want to be, a, when you want to make friends, you have to genuinely be interested in other people, right? Like yeah. if my and, friend... And is, yeah. When you want to feel important, you start a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you're giving you're giving it all away. Now they oh, know. Yeah. yeah, shortcuts to life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, that's the way to go, honestly. It's true, yeah. though. Yeah. and I, we need this. We need so. this, man. We need to feel validated. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. after this episode, we get a few more validation subscribers. Yeah, we get that. Uh, they, we get that. I can't wait for the day I get that blue Twitter sticker. What well, isn't that something you can just request or? I have no idea, honestly. I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. But it (laughs) looks like all of the important people have that blue thing. Yeah, you know, that's how they get you. That's how they do it. They're like, you know, important people have this blue sticker. If you don't have the blue sticker, guess you're not important. Yeah, and then when people get it, they're like, oh my God, I got my sticker. Ah." That's just how it is. You know, human beings, we're uh, easily manipulated. It doesn't take a lot for us to be happy. (laughs) Like the... Like, I imagine those people who get that blue verification, you know, that's one of their biggest achievements in life. And there's no value to it. Yeah. Not- imagine if, I mean, look, man, if that's your, if that's your dream, I mean, God, damn. Yeah. it's always been my dream to get villain. Like, you know, like, come on, man. It's like, it's like when yeah. people in, in like crappy management classes, you know, they're like, Hey, so tell me about your yourself and what are your aspirations and stuff. And they're like, hello, I am blah, 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 and I am blah, blah, blah. And I've always wanted to do marketing. Like, really? Is that always... Like, what, you were like five years old and you wanted I, I, to do marketing? Honestly, I don't believe that. I don't think anyone yeah. truly wants to be in marketing yeah, for the sake does. of the trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on. Find me somebody, like anyone who's listening, find us somebody who genuinely wants to be in marketing for the sake of the trade. Yeah, and it and it's always been their dream. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I completely refuse to believe that. My dream was to be Superman. Still is. Well, uh, I got a 
actually, let me use Dale Carnegie's method. Well, I believe that if you truly wanted to, you could be. And what? I'm not going to criticize on your dreams. <laughs> Dale, you're telling me if I jump off of a building, I can fly? <laughs> He's dead, so you can't sue him. So he might as well say <laughs> that. He has no liability here. <laughs> yeah, true. God damn it. He tricked me. Con artist. He died, died so I can't. a great trickster. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, regarding friendship, I think the key that he mentions is that become genuinely interested in other people. And he gives examples mm-hmm. of how, let's say, there's a Boy Scout manager and he goes to the president of the Boy Scouts because he wants to get extra funding for some trip to Europe, right? right. For one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And when he goes there, he noticed, I believe he noticed, I think a sailing boat or some other hobby related item in the room. And he talks to that guy regarding that item. And even though the guy had initially given him 10 minutes, because of showing interest in that person's hobby, they ended up talking for two hours and the president ended up you know, giving a lot more, a lot more funding than he'd even initially hoped. And to be honest, like, this is something, you know, like when we talk about giving con- historical context and things that might not be relevant now, mm-hmm. this is something that's still relevant. Like if you, you know, show interest in something that I'm passionate about, that's very enjoyable for me. And I get, I imagine it's the same for you, right? Yeah. I mean, like you don't want somebody just coming here and crapping all over it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's really how you make friends. So I think if there's any one key takeaway from this is uh, if you want to be friends with somebody, show interest or learn about their interests. It's very basic, you know. I would would add the word genuine. Genuinely show interest. Like, it must be sincere. I'm not, I don't want this to be taken. I don't know how uh, Dale Carnegie wanted this to be read or applied, but I would personally say, if you can't be genuine or if you don't have an interest, just don't do it. Don't lie about it. <laughs> no, absolutely. It. That's fair. I, and that's how Dale puts it as well. And I think that's the way to take it. Um, so he, you know, a lot of what he does, like there's so many more principles, right? But these mm-hmm. were sort of the fundamental ones that I wanted to gloss over uh, because okay. they're really the ones that matter. You know, uh, don't criticize, appreciate other people as often as you can be genuinely interested in their interests and remember that humans are creatures of emotion not logic and everyone has a desire to be important so if you sort of focus in let's say these five fundamental principles or remember these notions uh, mm-hmm. you're somebody who's going to end up having a lot of friends or people that love you and yeah. it doesn't require a lot frankly because you realize that you want the same you want friends who will do the same for you yeah i guess i mean i I can't personally agree with it, but I understand that, that like perspective. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you fundamentally disagree with? I mean, I, I don't think I genuinely want to have like uh, lots of friends or you know be loved just for the sake of being loved and having lots of friends. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not like, I mean, I'm aware of, it's like this, like I'm aware of that irrational uh, need to be loved and you know wanted and have plenty of friends. But I understand that it's highly irrational and to try to please that sensation is just like stupid. I mean, it's kind of like, a, I mean, I'm not a dog, you know, like I, I understand the emotion and I don't have to act on this irrational feeling. I, it doesn't make any sense, I, personally. Like, I mean, just yeah. expanding my friend circle for the sake of expanding it. I mean, come on. That's fair. No, I, I completely get that. 
And that's an interesting take on it. That's not really how I saw it when I read the book, but you're quite you're quite right. Uh, if there's some, you know, fundamental human instincts. Yeah, just just because it's too. fundamental and, you know, it's like biologically wired for me to have this, it doesn't have to act on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, I completely agree with you on that front. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically the book. Uh, before we finish off, there was just one part in the book that I, I actually really enjoyed. Uh, he says education. Uh, this was the former president of Princeton University. I don't know if that adds any credibility yeah. to the <laughs> upcoming quote, but he felt the need to mention this, so I might as well. Okay. Uh, and he says that education is the ability to meet life's situations. And I just thought that was interesting because that's not really how we study these days. You know, that's Education like, is the ability to... Meet life situations. Meet life situations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Life's... Life, yeah. Person's life, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and I quite liked it because it's true, you know, like I did learn how to do linear regression. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it oh, didn't yeah. really help me to do my taxes or understand, you know, the moral responsibility to have to other citizens in like ensuring we have a good public sphere of life or how I should make friends or influence people. What? You're uh, telling but... me linear regression did not do you anything? Oh, come on, man. Well, okay. To be to be fair, you could use linear regression to figure out some of these things, but I never said I was a good student, so there's yeah, that. Yeah. No, but right. I hundred percent. You're right. Uh, it, nowadays, I mean, at university education just looks like a bunch of theory. Yeah, it's either, it's either a lot of theory or it's just like preparing you for a job that you might not necessarily want. That's true as well. I guess you know. Um, Maybe I, I'm I'm not sure if a book that I've read recently that tackled this topic in more depth, but I can look it up and maybe I can read it for one of the upcoming weeks. No, uh, that I would mean, be... I'm really interested in in the direction academia is, uh, you know, heading towards. Okay, it, let's it, look into it. Looks that, more and more business like, doesn't it? Yeah, that's because we're. It's sort of like I mean, not to go into too much detail, but it's sort of like the misaligned interests. You know, uh, it requires a lot of money to run academia and the money comes from businesses. You know, when you talk about private institutions, the money's coming from businesses. Yeah. So what they teach has to be aligned with the person providing the money, which is why uh, there should be a lot more public universities and public universities should be run exactly. much well. I mean, it's quite an interesting topic. We should definitely cover it. Uh, yeah, for this book to. though, I hope you liked it. I would, if we go to our usual rating, you know, okay. I would give it a solid seven out of ten. Solid seven, okay. Yeah, because I, I'll, it was an easy read, uh, but some things felt repetitive, and there are tons of great examples for sure. Um, and I think the examples are really what sell the principles. So that's mm -hmm. why I enjoyed the book. Um, but you know, it's not. It wasn't a groundbreaking. I would still recommend it because you know I only covered a couple of principles. If that's if those principles were uh, enjoyable, then there's a lot more in this book that one can gain from it. But right. I, I'd give so I'd give it a solid seven. Okay, that sounds fair. All right, All then right. I guess that's it for this week. What will you cover for us next week, Davud? Uh, it's undecided, but it's probably one of two things or three, maybe. Uh, either Let's I'll be discussing Plato's work, one of his works. It's called The Apology. 
and it's basically okay. when it's basically Socrates was on trial. Right? Mm -hmm. He was accused of being corrupt man and like evil. right. I don't want to get into the details. Basically, it's just a short read about Socrates defending himself in his trial. I understand. That sounds interesting. Yeah. And the other two? The other, the other one is called. Uh, it's about fascism. Um, mm -hmm. What was the name of the book? It was something like "Fascism: A Warning" or something like that. Uh, basically, it's about, uh, briefly about history of fascism, how it works, how fascists, like the way they speak, they were, you know, they care. That's actually quite interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm interested in both of them, but the fascist one seems more interesting and more. Let's say on the nose, considering the current political climate. Definitely, it is. It, it's a recent book, so that's my word then. But maybe we can ask our viewers to comment below. Yeah. So uh, those couple of guys, man. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Okay, yeah, looking forward you. to it, man. Uh, this is it, guys. This was our podcast for this week. As always, if you have any comments, any suggestions, feel free to share them. If you'd like us to cover any books, or if you'd like to see this podcast go in a certain direction we're always open to suggestions in fact we're actively searching for them exactly. thank you for listening thank you for listening